Welcome back to DQP Does, Drafty Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where we don't let Elijah Wood anywhere near our ladies' things. With me this evening is my co-host, Russell. Hi. You look like you were going to say something else, and then you didn't. <clears throat> I was going to make a comment about Elijah Wood being creepy, and then <laughs> you did, so I didn't feel like I needed to. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we also have Dave. I'll say it again. He was creepy as shit. Yeah. And it didn't get resolved! It Yay! did! Hi. <clears throat> we are continuing Heavy Sad Boy February. Heavy Sad Boy February. Heavy Sad Boy February. Heavy Sad Boy February. Da 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 da. So sad. That's good. Uh, with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. 2004 rated R, hour and 48 minutes of sadness. Yeah. And some real weirdness. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this... Uh, oh, man. <laughs> the, the, this movie is told non-linearly. So I'm going to tell it linearly. Okay. Uh Jim characters Jim Jim character. Jim character. Jim, Jim Dude, carries, that should be his name. Yeah. Jim, Jim character. Jim Carrey's character Joel meets uh Kate Winslet's character Clementine at a party. Uh he's awkward. She's a manic pixie girl and uh they end up talking and like hit it off. And like a manic pixie girl, she wants to do something impulsive, and he backs out. Um, they end up getting together anyway later, uh, and dating for a while, and like a boring guy, interacting with uh, his ideal manic pixie girl girlfriend, they end up splitting apart because he's too boring and she's too impulsive. Um, and it really hurts both of them. He's, like, trying to get her back, and she just wants to forget. Enter this company that actually can make you forget stuff. Uh, and people were using it for various things in this movie. Yep. Um, but mostly relationships, whether you broke up or the person died or whatever. Um, so, he, like, runs into her, and she acts like she doesn't remember him. And she's like already dating this other guy that's there, but he doesn't really see him. He just like hears him talking. Because uh, she works at a bookstore. She works at a Barnes and Nobles. And if in case you're, you know, you don't have any bookstores around you, it's a large store that sells mostly just books. Hmm. Yeah. Weird, Tell me right? More. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there used to be like three in every like town with more than you know thirty thousand people, right? But not anymore. So uh, he can't understand what's going on, and his friend slips up and shows him this thing. David Cross, yeah, David Cross. Um, he shows him this like 
piece of paper basically that says hey this is to let you know that uh clementine has chosen to erase the memory of joel and if you see her to not bring him up and joel's like what the fuck is this yeah and he thinks it's like a joke at first but then he like goes to this place and they're basically like yeah man we can make you forget whatever you want so then he's like she forgot me i'm gonna forget her um so he's he like goes through all the like getting ready for the procedure you go home and you get all the shit that's gonna that like you got from that person or like reminds you it has something to do with them and you gather all that stuff and it'll help them like map the memories and get it out of there so you don't like fuck your brain up when you don't remember why this shit is in your house right um and then they like talk to you about it and they map like where it's like sparking your brain at uh and um so then they go to do the procedure and like basically you like take an ambien pass out they come break into your house <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and they and they erase your memory while you're asleep so you like just wake up in your house and you're like ah oh, man i slept real good last night why don't i remember the last 2 years uh <laughs> what day is it uh is obama still president um this would have been 2004, like, bro. <laughs> yeah, this would have been like. <laughs> is is Clinton still president? Re- Republicans hadn't had a heart attack yet. Wow, take that, Republicans. Um, <laughs> but anyway, just a friendly stab. Yeah, take it. So, uh, Mark Ruffalo and Elijah Wood show up to erase his memories, looking very douchey. Both of them. And young as fuck. Yeah. Because this movie yeah. is from 2004. Um, and, uh, you know, they're like fucking off and stuff. And Elijah Wood won't stop talking about his new girlfriend. And, uh, and you find out that he is like an uber creeper. And when they were erasing Clementine's memories, he got a crush on her and decided to steal all of the stuff that she remembered about Joel and all the stuff that Joel is trying to erase about her to like become her perfect boyfriend so he can have her. Yeah. He also like stole some of her panties, but they weren't used or anything. They were just they like, were clean. A, they were clean. It wasn't weird, bro. It's weird. It's I weird. looked at the camera. So Same. did you. <laughs> it's weird. That's real weird. Um, but anyway, uh, so it, it goes on and like, and then it's like, you're in his head while they're doing this and he's like going through them, like erasing these memories and he like is hearing them outside and like, he starts hearing the weird shit and he's like getting upset about losing these memories. And he's like, I, I don't want to lose her. I don't want to lose these memories. I want to remember her. So he's like trying to wake up and he can't wake up. Um, other stuff is happening outside. They're like getting drunk, fucking getting um, high, smoking the weed. Like a maybe eighteen year old Kirsten Dunst shows up. I hope she was at least eighteen. Yeah, uh, Spider Man. So young looking in this. I mean, oh my god. Is, yeah. But like, she shows up, and she's like, 
and like you've seen her before she works at the same office as them but she's like the like the secretary she's like not even really like a nurse or anything yeah um but she's like really seems to have this huge crush on like the old doctor uh who's played by tom wilkinson yeah uh but like everybody kind of ignores it uh and especially mark ruffalo because he's like trying he's like trying to date her (laughs) trying to woo her um so then uh elijah wood leaves to go be with clementine because clementine's freaking out because they fucked with her brain and she was already like fucked up uh so he goes to like try and calm her down well she's fucked up and he's like bringing stuff up that they erased so she's like getting like weird half memory stuff they don't talk about that but that's what's happening yeah uh he's like fucking her brain up by trying to replicate these things that she already had memories of that they erased yeah so uh it's just Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst there. They like get high and bang and stuff while they're while uh they're erasing Joel's memories. Um it keeps going. Joel's like trying to figure out ways to keep these memories. He eventually like is talking to Clementine and Clementine's like why don't we hide in a different memory? Like you take me from this memory and you put me in another memory that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. So they do that and... It starts to get weird. Yeah, that's yeah. when it starts to get weird. He, like, goes to, like, some childhood memories where he's, like, an infant, and so he's, like, half-acting like an infant and half-acting like an adult, and she's, like, pasted over the person that was actually there, and it's, like, real fucking weird. Yeah, baby Joel. Baby Joel's yeah, weird. Baby Joel. Um, so that like fucks up the program that they have that's erasing his memories because they know where all of her the memories of her are supposed to be, but then all of a sudden there's a memory of her where it's not supposed to be. Right. And they don't know why why it stopped. Um so they call the doctor and uh the doctor comes in and uh she, they're both still stoned and she like is not hand she's not handling her high <laughs> <laughs> nope. no, she not. like <laughs> cannot stop trying to like hit on him and stuff and like it's pissing it's pissing mark ruffalo off and um the doctor fixes it but then it happens again while he's like about to leave and she just like keeps hitting on him so then mark ruffalo like walks out and then she like tries to kiss the doctor and the doctor like kisses her back and his wife shows up and yeah. that's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And all and and this is like actually after they've finished. I they're pretty close. No, they they haven't finished yet. I don't think Not he yet. Is that they close haven't to finish. finished. They haven't finished yet. So like he goes to go after his wife. She comes out to try and help him explain and that's when the wife tells uh, Kirsten Dunst that he had already cheated on his wife with Kirsten Dunst before. Yeah. And that she had decided to erase her own memory of it. 
So then she decided. She's, well, <laughs> they they decided together. Yeah. He says that it was her idea. Yeah, he does him. say that. Yeah, but then when you she goes back him. and... Huh? <laughs> he said he doesn't believe him, and I said you shouldn't believe no, him. No, no, you yeah. shouldn't believe him. I mean, you should never believe someone when they... It was your idea to erase your memory of the thing that happened between us that was bad. Oh, geez, Rick, you're not lying to me, are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, anyways, that's all fucked up, and she, like, takes off. Uh, so then Mark is like, fuck, and they're like, well, we better get back in there and finish this. So they go back in, and they're trying to finish, and he's just trying to hold on for dear life at this point. He goes to, a, like, he, like, takes her to a couple of, like, uh, terrible memories, like embarrassing memories, yeah. to it's try and like hide her deep. Next. Yeah, yeah. So then, like, uh, he like uh, he's like beaten off to something stupid, and she's like, "Oh, what the fuck?" And he's like, uh, "I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and then his mom comes in, and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> uh, which is that's an embarrassing ass memory. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um. And then they go to a memory, like a fucked up memory, where he's getting bullied into killing a bird. Uh, and then he gets his ass beat by like a little kid. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and then and then they have like a weird like suffocation game. That was weird. Um, yeah, especially when they were doing it as kids and then doing it as adults. Uh, but. Eventually, they like basically give up on trying to go to another memory. It's like he, f they figure out that it's like not working. Yeah, that's um, what. Then they, yeah, then they go back to the house. Yeah, then they go back to the uh, the house on the beach, which is uh, one of the first one of the things that the thing that she wanted to do when they first met. Yeah, they go into this house that's like not currently occupied, but somebody like owns it. They're just not there. It's like their summer house. Summer or house, yeah. And it's on the beach, and like she wants to like get drunk and stay there and hang out with him. And he's yeah. like, I, I can't do this, and he leaves. Um, and they're they talk about it for a while, and like the house is fucking falling apart, and it's super cool. Yeah. While this is happening, and like super great scene. Um, he's like acting out the memory. And he like leaves because that's what he did. And she's like, well, what if you stayed? He's like, I can't. I, I didn't. That's not what happened. She's like, yeah, but what if you did? He was like, well, I, I mean, that's not what happened, so I can't. She's like, well, at least come back and say goodbye. Because it's like the last memory. So he comes back, and they say goodbye, and she says, meet me in Montauk. Um, so... You both looked at me. Yes, that scene about fucking broke me. Yeah. <laughs> it did uh, break me. I was pretty broken. Yeah. I'll so, explain that in a minute. So, uh, then, uh, he wakes up and, um, for some reason, he's supposed to go to work. He doesn't go to work. He ends up going to Montauk and she's at Montauk and they end up getting back together. Um, they hang out for like a day. And they come back the next morning and she's like getting her stuff around. Elijah Wood like shows up and like knocks on the window. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Joel's like, who are you? Because <laughs> he, he, okay? he doesn't know who the fuck he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's like, can I help you? And he's like, 
No. <laughs> but uh, they they like she she grabs her mail on the way out. So like one of the th- like that morning after they erase Joel's memory, uh, Kirsten Dunst goes back to the office and she's like she cleans her desk out. But she went back the night before, like right after she left, and she took all the files. And all the tapes, because everybody basically like describes the person that they're trying to forget or the thing they're trying to forget, right? And talks about it to try and get like you know how they're gonna erase this shit, right? So she has all this stuff and she sends it back to everyone with like a letter, like, "Hey, I'm from this company. You chose to forget this thing, but I've decided that it's like unethical. <laughs> so here it's here it is." If you want to listen to it or read it or see your file or whatever, here you go. Um, so like Clementine gets hers and she's like, what the fuck is this? So she puts it into Joel's tape deck while he's driving back to his place. And it's her talking about like him and they just broke up. So like everything she has, almost everything she has to say is bad. Yeah. Right. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Are you fucking with me? Do I know you? Like, what the fuck? She's like, no, I have no idea what's going on. Cause she's totally flabbergasted too. Yeah. And it goes until he just kicks her out. He's like, fuck this. I don't need this. And she's upset because she really likes him and like she doesn't understand what the fuck's going on. And she was yeah. like fucked up to begin with. Yeah. And and fucked up from uh from Elijah Prick fucking with her. And uh so he goes home and she's like, No, I I gotta go like talk to this guy. So she goes to his house. She she like finds out where his house is. <laughs> So she goes to his house and like that was that was one of the weird parts is like she gets there and she doesn't know what room he's in because it's like an apartment building and like one of his neighbors is just like, oh, hey, Clementine, like remembers her. Yeah. And she's like, hi. And he lets her in. Right. Yeah. And it's just like a fucking mind fuck. Right. So she goes to his his apartment and the doors open and she comes in and like you can hear his tape playing because he found his mail and he's like reading about it and he's like, what the fuck? Or listening to it. And some of it's good. Some of it's bad. And she like decides then she decides she's going to leave and he comes out and he's like, no, wait, just wait. And she waits and then he like let's like try and she's like yeah but like i'm this piece of shit and he's like yeah and i'm this piece of shit was just and she's like well this is how it's gonna end and he's like okay and that's basically the end of the movie cue tears yeah yeah so I want to complain about a couple things first. And that's not the order that it's played in the movie. The, right. The, it plays... We have a cold open. You have a cold open of him waking up and going to Montauk, meeting her, them hanging out, and then coming back, and Elijah Wood like being like, what are you doing here? And then it goes back to the rest of it. Right. And it doesn't go back to where the story starts. It goes back to... When they broke up. And then you get the back the backstory filled in through 
him figuring out about the memory erasing place and the memories that he goes through while he's having his memory erased. Yeah. It's wonderfully told. Like the structure of the movie's fucking awesome. It really yeah. is. Um I agree. But I want to complain about the Elijah Wood thing in general. Yeah. Didn't need to be in the movie at all. Like it it ends up being like the impetus for him like resisting. But that didn't need to be the impetus. Like that weakens the the like love story. Yes. Elijah Wood like basically making her a damsel in distress for some reason. Yeah. Weakens the love story. Yeah, I don't him with him that. just like going through the memories and like them getting erased and being like No, I changed my mind. That's awesome. Him being like, oh no, I have to save her. I need to wake up. Yeah. Uh, whatever. That's I mean, you can make a movie about that, but that doesn't that's not necessary. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't agree or disagree. I have a different thought on it. Um, okay. Well, like, cause I, I agree with you in the way that it was done. And so like Elijah Wood's character, I don't agree that Elijah Wood's character is completely like defunct. I think, I think showing him trying to use all of the same things and saying the same lines and like not literally working. do it and it not working. Yeah. And it not working does show like a very poignant idea of like, Hey, it's not just like saying the right things. It's got to be like from the right person, but there is too much play on Elijah Wood being a creeper. Um, and her and it, him coming off like a villain. Yeah. And like her being the damsel in distress. So like to to that I agree like the whole conversation about him like stealing her panties and stuff like the fuck guys. Like you, I don't think that that was necessary. I don't think they needed to build his character into like this like ultimate creeper guy. Yeah. I think it would have been better if he was just like a nice guy. Like cuz they made it more where he's like He's like just like the frat boy trying to get laid. Oh, they made him like a uh, borderline rapist. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, pretty much. Like, that's that's a point. Uh, that's a good point of conversation. Is like coercion to sex is still rapey. Yeah. Like talking yeah. a girl into sleeping with you is still rapey. Like, it's not like like a flat out. It's not assault. Yeah, it's not like flat out assault. It's like a weird gray area that is still on the wrong side of the border. Yeah. So I think they went too far with his character. I think if they would have dialed a lot of the creepiness back, I think it would have been better, which like at the time you weren't seeing a lot of this, but I think it would have been better if he would have just been like the nice guy, like trying to like romance his way into her heart. Like, Cause then he wouldn't be creepy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him to like fall down a flight of stairs. And in the movie, I definitely want him to fall down, fall down several flights of stairs. Yeah. And he just doesn't get any kind of conclusion at all. Yeah. And so like, I think it would have been better if he was just, just a nice guy trying to like get this girl to fall in love with him. So not, not using the memory stuff, not, well, I think some of it, 
Like, well, I mean, I think that's the creepy part. That's that, the super that creepy is the part. creepy part, which is why I don't think the rest of the creepy parts needed to be there. Like the panty uh, conversation. You get what I'm saying? Like, sure. I like the idea of him like trying to say the same things, but it not working because he's not Joel or like it not working just because she doesn't feel right. You know, in that situation with him. Yeah. Because then it also gives us the opportunity. It, it also explains why she would go back to Montauk, because if you think about it, her her the iteration of her in his mind saying meet me in montauk like and then her being there doesn't necessarily make sense no because that's him right but if you his memory is him yeah yeah so if you take into account all the other things like her being in those places and with elijah wood's character and it not like feeling right and always feeling wrong to her and causing her to essentially break down in those situations. Mm -hmm. It does make a little bit more sense that she would just go to Montauk randomly. Like, well, it's not really random because it's also like the day after whatever, but it feels kind of random for the movie. But I think, so I think a little bit of it is necessary, but I think they dialed up him being a creeper too far because it should have been more subtle. It should have been subtextually. He's a creep because he's using these same phrases. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Like he was, he came off really fucking creepy. Yeah, it was just, it was too much. Yeah, like I think. Yeah, and I, I didn't like the Kirsten Dunst like just like throwing herself incessantly at the doctor, but like I know why it was in there because you had to have somebody break it. Right. Right. And yeah. It was also like, it, it also like. Kind of makes, because like it feels kind of scummy, like the the whole practice of like making people forget shit. Oh yeah, and that like definitely like seals the opinion, right? That mm-hmm. like you know two people that were involved in the thing had like a weird affair, yeah. and one of them may have been coerced into uh getting their memory of it erased, but the the old man that will always treasure those memories of having sex with like a 19 year old girl yeah uh, gets to remember it um Uh so that's real weird uh no not at all not at all um very weird but i also i also don't like that that's actually my primary point of contention with the movie is the whole b plot with Kristen dunce's character and the doctor Mm -hmm. because like we have like with Joel and Clementine we have like a real love story yeah and it shows that it basically the the moral is that like love will persevere sure. oh you tried to forget it sorry guess what bitch i'm back yeah. like so like to have that so to have the b plot be like this girl that more i mean more or less could have you could consider was taken advantage of because of the age difference um which you know, if this movie was made today, I guess Leonardo DiCaprio would play the doctor. Uh, oh, but... <laughs> take that. <laughs> um, so. 48 and 19? <laughs> yeah, right? What the weird fuck? Um, so you have, you have the story of this girl who is probably not actually in love with this doctor, but is like. Oh, mad crushing though. Yeah, mad crush. Uh, you know, might even go as far as to say this is just infatuation uh, because he is an intelligent dude and he knows all these quotes that she loves and she's in, in love with intelligence. And so by having her still have those same feelings towards him, I feel like it also lessens the love story between Joel and Clementine. I don't think so. Okay. I think it's because there's a psychology to that. 
Yeah. There's a psychology to, uh, like, um, people that have certain things happen to them or are in a certain position or whatever will have an attraction to a certain kind of person. And if they're put in the same position over and over again without learning the lesson of the last time, they will continue to do that. Right. That's true. That's a good point. So like, you know, they didn't go erase her past. They didn't change anything about the situation. They just erased that it happened. Yeah. So like, she's going to do the same thing again. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's true. It's like erasing the memory of an alcoholic that they like got in a car accident and killed six people. And that's why they quit drinking. Yeah. Like they're going to start drinking again. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I mean, that's a good point. That That is a very good point. It's more, it, it does turn it into more of a like, uh, which like the movie does sort of do this like pseudoscience. So like that that aspect, that B plot with those two characters does kind of lend to the psychology of the situation. Yeah. So like I could agree with that. Um I guess primarily primarily I I, I still like I don't know about that part, but I also thought the movie went differently than so did I. what I remembered. Yeah. Um, so the movie in my head, I, I, I think would have been better, which like, I mean, I can say that all day. Right. But we'll never know. Um, because I thought there was more, I thought they had forgot each other more. I thought they had done that more than just once. Yes. And to me that like, well, uh, like you don't do it like 20 times. You don't do like a, a montage of them repeatedly forgetting. Like, but Two or three times. Two or three times, yeah. like, still implies the moral and, like, gives you, like, it, it, it more like a concretes the moral a little more. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, regardless of how many times these two people, like, try to forget each other, they're always going to find each other again. Yeah. Which, like, I I would have preferred that over an hour and 15 minutes of <laughs> them, like, erasing Joe's, Joel's memories. Yeah. So, I but I mean I don't know like the movie overall I still really enjoy. Um, yeah, I, this is my first time watching it. Yeah, I I I really enjoyed it. I I just knew that it was going to be sad, and that's all I knew. Right. And watching it, I I really really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like a bittersweet sad though. Yeah. Yeah. So like I want to prep you for that because you haven't seen the next two movies either. Yeah. Um, either Shane, I don't think. No, I haven't seen the other two. Yeah. But like the next, the next two movies are like not a bittersweet sadness. They're just sad. They're just kind of sad. Fun and awkward. Yeah. Fun. I'm yeah. excited, guys. But yay! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like with this movie, it's uh, like I don't know, it, it's just got a weird bittersweet sadness to it because yeah. like you're, they're probably you know they leave the movie off with like neither of them knowing whether or not it's going to work this time. And I mean, if you go based off the philosophy that's put forth so far in the film, like, I mean, chances are it's probably not going to. But you don't get to see that, which is kind of cool, because it just kind of ends with them, like, where they don't know, they're skipping. I don't remember. Yeah, I think like so. skipping on a beach. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... I thought it was a cool concept. I really liked and I liked all the cool shots of uh, inside Joel's head 
It got yeah. real weird, but it was still real cool. Yeah, I loved uh, particular. Do, do do we have? Do we want to discuss other complaints? Were there? Um, I thought Elijah Wood should just be gone. I didn't super care for the Kristen's uh, Kristen Stewart, Kristen Dunst <laughs> part. Kirsten. Uh, yeah, I w- I said Kristen, and then I was like, no, Kirsten. I said Kristen Stewart, and then I was like, no, Kirsten Dunst. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst uh, part. Yeah, I think the like whole the whole thing of him losing his memories was like a kind of like a little too long. It, so- it felt like. Um, mm, I think that might be all my complaints. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much. That I don't. Other than what we've already said, I don't. I don't have any other complaints. Okay. I don't really have any complaints that I know of. I mean, when you guys talk about that, like I, I kind of agree. Like I, Elijah Wood being there was just weird, and I was just, I was just the whole time like, man, fuck off, Elijah Wood. Yeah, I love you and everything, but fuck yeah. off in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I say yeah, I agree. It, he really didn't need to be in there. Yeah. He had just done the Lord of the Rings movies, so like I feel like he was like, oh, I gotta get in some art house shit. Yeah, I gotta do some art shit. Yeah. Well, Even though like, Lord of the Rings is kind of artsy also. It kind of, but it's not like art house. It's like fucking big budget artsy. Yeah. Like, it was the like biggest budget movies produced at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so uh, one thing I for sure wanted to cover was, like, the cast Mm. is fucking wild, which, like, you already sort of went over, but, like, I did not remember Mark Ruffalo being in this movie. Yeah. Like like Shane said, super young Mark Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember Kirsten Dunst being in it. Uh, I only really honestly remembered Winslet and Jim Carrey being in it. Uh. Which, like, after watching it again, I know why, but <laughs> it was, uh, the cast just kind of, like, blew me away when I was, was the credits were rolling at the beginning. Also, the credits don't roll till nine minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, that threw me off. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, shit, hold Not on. Not nine, it's 19. But I do love, like, we talked about the structure a little, like, I do love how they did the cold open with the rest of the movie. Like, yeah. and typically, I... I wouldn't say that because I would be like, why did you show me this scene? Like when it's just later in the, because plenty of movies have done that and like some action movies have done it where they're like, oh, well, how did he get there? And I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, but this was a really good way to do that and use that, I think. Um, Pulling that whole piece of the movie forward to, to show that these two people have been in a relationship and then having them forget it. And then, oh, what you're actually seeing is when they start the remembering it. Yeah, the second iteration. Yeah. And so I loved that a lot. Um, I thought the dialogue was fantastic. There's a lot of like, like it, it's not, it doesn't quite hit, like some of it doesn't quite hit like the quotable, like the standard quotable idea of dialogue or mm. it's like a couple of like, quips or lines that are really good or whatever yeah, but i think that's because it's more realistic yeah it's so like it's like real couple like talking stuff yeah and i loved that um they do feel like a real 
weird couple. Yeah. And I remember, too, like, I don't think Jim Carrey had done too many roles like this at the time. So I remember, like, it being a big deal that he was, like, taking on this role because he's such a character actor and a comedian and stuff. Yeah. And, like, so this being one of his earlier serious roles, like, I love his performance in this. Um, I just, I, I think it's so good. Like, all of his tiny little facial facial mannerisms that he has yeah. when he's reacting to stuff, when he, even when he's not speaking yeah. or when someone else is speaking, like, it's all, ah, it's so good. Like... And, yeah. like, not to, I mean, I don't want to leave out Kate Winslet either. Like, she does a fantastic job. Agreed. Like, we, uh, Cassie watched a little bit of it with me, and she was like, I know her. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you might have seen a little movie called Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, shit. And I was like, yeah. And so, like, this performance versus her perform her performance in the Titanic is really good. I mean, honestly, she's the only thing that makes that movie watchable. But her performance in Titanic versus her performance in this. That's not what I meant. We at thought all. the same scene. <laughs> Shane and I looked at each other. We thought the same scene. I will uh, never be able to like a French girl. <laughs> I will never be able to watch that scene again, knowing it was James, James Cameron's hand. Drawing, drawing her. Yeah. That's so fucking weird. It's the only reason he put it in the script. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, her performance in this is absolutely great too. And, uh, we sort of talked about like it, when we were texting, yeah, we talked about, uh, you know, we have a, we have an archetype character, which she's a manic pixie girl. Yeah. Uh, but she's like really a manic pixie girl. Yeah. She's how a real manic pixie girl is. Yeah. Not like how the, how like media usually, she's not Zoe Dash. No, she's a real manic pixie girl. Yeah, I love that you actually brought up Zoe Deschanel because in almost everything she in is in, she's like the the ideal the manic. ideal manic pixie girl, yeah. except for a movie called Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yeah, have We're, you seen? No. Oh, okay. Because uh, after watching this, I was like, we totally should have fucking watched Five Hundred Days of Summer after this. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a movie I would recommend. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, and it, it's fucking uh it's it's heartbreaking it's 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 kind of rough fun it's fun and lighthearted until it's not um so if you're out there and you're just wanting to be sad this valentine's day you can watch any you watch this movie don't want to be sad on valentine's day just happens yeah (laughs) Um, i'm over it at this point same (laughs) (laughs) same it's whatever it's another day but, I don't think I've ever had a girlfriend on Valentine's Day. I have, but like we had just started like officially dating like a day before Valentine's Day. Hmm. So we're like, we don't need to do that. <laughs> like, Look, guys, it's not worth it until it's worth it. I mean, I still probably like even if it was like a day, I was like, this is the only time I'm going to get to do this. I'm still going <laughs> to fucking uh, go Mark Brandana quits on it. You know, <laughs> Mark Brandon quits. But anyway, this movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Um, <sighs> it kind of fucked me up a little bit. Yeah, man. I I literally had a moment 
in this movie when I was watching this because like I had I had I, there's some like personal connection with this movie like when I watched it the first time right um and I like was like so I started thinking about that and I was like I I told you guys earlier but I I, I literally like stopped like shook my head and was like what the f- out loud said what the fuck dude that was like almost 20 years ago shut the fuck up and then continue to watch the movie and i was like that was fucking weird um but like it, it, that happens with stuff right like it just like you you do a thing or you like any kind of sense thing right you see a thing you smell a thing whatever and it like just dumps you into like a memory or something yeah which was really weird with this movie because it's about that right yeah and I was just like, it just dumped me into that moment, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? No, no, nope, nope. All right, we're just watching this movie to to analyze it, not to think about that. That's weird. And I don't know, it was fucking weird. So that put me in a fucking weird headspace in the middle of the movie what that the movie was already like trying to put you in that headspace anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, 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 uh. yeah. Heavy sad boy February, guys. Happy heavy sad boy February. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy, so happy to be sad with you boys. <laughs> yep. Uh, I did enjoy this movie though. Yeah, it was good. If it's any consolation, the movie also made me sad. Fun. <laughs> I love when my friends are sad. It's like my favorite thing. When they're sad, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, here's here's the thing. I watch movies to feel feelings, and I had a lot of feelings watching this movie. I this had is, feelings as well. This is normally the feeling I I attempt to avoid. Like this isn't the one that I want to feel like actively seek out feelings yeah. like this fucking month is is rough on these movies man yeah i'm with you buddy <laughs> do we do we need a palate cleanser like next week no no <laughs> okay we, i i end I'm, of the month maybe i'll i'll make it to the end of the month like i'm not gonna like have any problems or anything it's just like this is not my my cup of tea here. Same like I, this movie is fantastic. I'm not saying I don't like this movie. Yeah. I, I, I love this movie. It's just makes me feel feelings that I'm not trying to feel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, buddy. Yeah. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll smooch after this. Make it feel the, ne- the next movie will, you know, show you why you don't feel feelings. So. Yeah. I know. I know why. <laughs> And like that was the other thing because we were the reason we were talking about the real manic pixie girls. I was like, this also reminds me of why like you don't go after the real manic pixie girl because like if if you if if it's not worth it like it is with them, like it's just yeah. Like I would have killed her. Like (laughs) (laughs) whoa, not really, not for real, but like I just oh my god. I can't, especially now, like at this point in my life, I am not trying to fucking deal with that dumb shit. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So now you got to risk it though. So you, you do have, I mean, there's always like risk and stuff involved in like relationships because it's not like, it's not like, you know, 
just gonna fit in where you have space for it. Right. You gotta make yeah. sacrifices for that shit. But like, yeah. I don't know. There's just like, ugh, ugh. all the stuff that like annoys me about people. It's like, ugh, she'd fucking drive me insane. <laughs> she better be as cute as fucking Kate Winslet is in this movie. She's real cute. <laughs> <laughs> real cute. You gotta make up for that shit somehow. She's real cute. She's on the top side of the line, if you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> She's real cute. Oh, we, we wow. We want to do the fucking Dave's Trivia Corner. I would love to do yeah, Dave's Trivia Corner. Let's do it. Are we going down the corner? Yeah, let's do it. Let's mope on down to the corner. Down <laughs> oh, <not> the corner <laughs> where we learn <laughs> trivia stuff. Because this is Dave's Sadness Corner of Trivia. Dave's Sad Corner of Trivia. Of Trivia. Where the point of this corner is for you to say... Aw, neat. We're so fucking mopey, man. Yeah, it's the corner. It changes every season. It's guys... falling apart, I can't remember. <laughs> Who are you? Huh? Huh? What? Why are we here? I don't know. Why, Why am I, I holding a microphone? Why am I naked? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's try for some hot, hot trivia. And by hot, I mean sad. Uh, despite the fact that Charlie Kaufman's script and Michael Condry's visual concepts were closely followed, the cast members were allowed many chances to improvise. Elijah Wood and Mark Ruffalo improvised extensively, and much of the dialogue between Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet resulted from videotaped rehearsal session sessions, during which the two became close by sharing tales of their real-life relationships and heartbreaks. Aw, sweet. Yeah, that's actually pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. The idea for this film was brought to Michael Condry by his friend, artist Pierre Bismuth, who suggested you get a card in the mail that says someone you know has just erased you from their memory. Uh, yeah. That's a hell of a pitch. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't want that card. Uh, during the train scene, Kate Winslet punches Jim Carrey. This was not staged nor planned. And Jim Carrey's response is that of genuine surprise. <laughs> Ow, hey, hey. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. Initially, throughout the train scene, the music was supposed to fill up the gap during the silence between Joel and Clementine until screenwriter Joel Kaufman said, sorry, Charlie Kaufman, Suggested to do the opposite. Music was then played when Joel and Clementine talked and paused when they paused. Hmm. Guess I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't either. I know there's a lot of like little things in the movie like that though. Yeah. Yeah, the movie the whole the movie as a whole is very purposeful. Yeah. Uh, when Joel is in his head and is visiting his session of the erasing process, no special effects were used to show the two Joels in the one scene. Uh, Jim Carrey had to take off his hat and jacket when he was not in the shot and had to quickly sit down in the chair and vice versa when he has to stand up. What the fuck? That would be fucking <laughs> super hard to do. Yeah, whoa. 
the scene where Joel and Clementine watched the circus go through the streets was made up on the spot. Uh, as the film director, Michael Condry decided it could work well in the film. Uh, the part where Clementine disappears suddenly is one of Condry's favorite moments of the film, as Jim Carrey didn't know Kate Winslet was going to disappear, and Condry liked it because Carrey's face appears so saddened. When the sound blanks out in the final film, Carrie is actually saying, Kate? Hmm. That's neat. Yeah, whoa. Uh, Kate Winslet mentioned to Empire Magazine this was her own favorite performance. That's cool. I can see that. She did stellar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's do a couple more. Okay. Uh, virtually all of the most bizarre and fascinating scenes in the movie were created with old-fashioned camera editing, lighting, and props, prop and set tricks. The use of digital effects was very limited. The striking kitchen scene with Joel as a child was created with an elaborate forced perspective setup similar to some used by Peter Jackson in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Hmm. That's neat. Yeah, and that neat. And that neat. Yeah, all these have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Clementine's hair goes through several color changes, blue, orange, red, green, and brown, which seems to be her natural hair color. Uh, This helps the viewer keep track of where her relationship with Joel corresponds to the plot. Yep. That's neat. That's a good way to do that, too. Uh, Let's do one more. Okay. Uh, the movie's title is based on the following quote from a Alexander Pope poem. Or How happy Alexander. Alexander. <laughs> it says Alexander. Yeah, I get yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, How happy is the blameless uh, uh, Vestal's lot? The world forgetting by the world forgot. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Each prayer accepted and each, each wish resigned. That's good trivia, Dave. Isn't that good trivia? That yeah, is a good thank one. You. Uh, can I hijack your corner for just a little second? Dude, hijack it. I got a little piece of trivia. Lay it on me. It's a little piece of trivia that almost broke my fucking mind. Okay. So, they're in the house, and we already talked about the scene a little bit, mm-hmm. but they're in the house, and she says, meet me in Montauk. And I had to pause the movie, because I've been listening to a band called Bayside for... The eighteen years, Uh, and Bayside has a song called Montauk, and I thought to myself, "No, there's no way one of my favorite bands has written one of my favorite songs about one of my favorite movies, and I'm only putting it together eighteen years later." Surely that's not a thing. So I immediately googled the lyrics, and. So this is the uh, this is the chorus for the song, and yes, I will be damned. Yeah, he'll be damned. <laughs> this is the chorus. If you hear this and you think you're ready, then meet me in Montauk, where we'll write out in the sand. Here lies the destiny of two hurt souls, afraid to be cured again. That could be our epitaph. And so, like, you can go through and you can read the rest of the lyrics. Uh, if you haven't heard Bayside, uh, Bayside is a uh emo band i guess like yes but also like it's not like uh like a radio popular uh screamo emo band like they're very they're very different um 
as far as like falling in that genre goes. Mm. Um, they, as the music progresses, they do get more into like, this was what their second album, I think is on their second album. Um, so as, as the music progresses, it does get a little bit more kind of stereotypical, but it's still like really good. Like the guitar work is always fantastic. And, uh, they're, they're just I love the guy's vocals. He has like a very distinct voice, even though they kind of have that emo feel. Like his voice is very distinct. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy that. Um so it, it just absolutely astounded me. So then I was like, well, no, hold on. Surely the song came out before the movie or something. And then no. The song came out a year and a half after the movie came out. Which, you know, uh, if it, writing music uh, takes writing an album, t- if someone's on top of it, typically takes them about a year. Mm. We could agree on that, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he hasn't outright said that the song is based on the movie, but he does dance around the question every time it's been asked. And apparently, this is a long-standing fan theory that I just have overlooked for eighteen years. So, and the song always hits me like super hard. Like this, the, this song in particular is a very like emotionally driven song. It's very impactful. Mm. I love it. Um, but yeah, so just, I, I wanted to throw that in there cause it fucking, I, the it movie was, you. yeah. Yeah. Further than you already were. Yeah. Aww. Like neat. So to just discover that, you know, one of my favorite bands wrote one of my favorite songs about one of my favorite movies. 18 years later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just a missed connection on my part. You should have checked on uh, Craigslist. <laughs> I guess I should have. You should have. Yeah. But that has been Dave's Sadness Corner of Trivia. Dave's Sadness Corner of Trivia. Aw, neat. You guys ready to rate this thing? Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> I am going to give this, despite the things that I complain about, I'm going to give this a 9 because this movie makes you feel exactly what it wants you to feel. Fuck that. But it does, and it does a great job of it. I love how it's oriented. Like, I love the acting in it. The acting is all phenomenal, even the characters that I hate. Um, and I mean, you're supposed to hate Elijah Wood's character, but I, th- I think the character, like... it. At least, like, parts of it, like Russell was talking about, were extraneous, but... I It's a, just a really fucking good movie, and if you want to be, like, kind of sad, but also kind of a, a little hopeful at the end, but, like, kind of, like, resigning <laughs> to the fate of, like, it fucking going badly again, like, watch this movie. It's real fucking good. Uh, Russell? I am also going to give this movie a nine. Um... You know, we t- we talked and kind of at length about what I think would have made the movie better. Uh, just, I mean, cutting down some of the side stuff and focusing more on... Primarily, cutting down some of the side stuff and focusing more on Clementine and Joel. Um, I know they're already the primary focus of the movie, but I feel like if I would have felt... If I would have forgot there were side characters it would have dialed in a little bit more on the moral and the idea of the two characters. Um, so that that's where I think the movie could be better. Um, but yes, overall, I think this movie is fantastic. I think it achieves the goal that it set, 
out to achieve. I think I could watch this movie. I honestly don't know why I haven't watched this movie more. I know I have why I haven't. <laughs> Other than how heavy I feel afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't I don't really know why I haven't watched this more. Um and it is just I mean it's a beautiful film. Like it's shot beautifully, like it's directed beautifully, the performances are beautiful, like mm-hmm. overall it's just a fantastic it's a good film. Movie. Yeah. That's what I got. Dave. Nine. I think I also got to give it a nine. All right. I was debating in my head what I, what if I want eight point five or nine, but more yeah. I think about it, definitely a nine. I would definitely watch this again. I I actually after I watched it, I was like, I should watch this again soon. So yeah, I really liked it. Um, Elijah Wood was fucking creepy. Uh, they felt like real characters, like real yeah. people in love. That you know, real people have problems. Are manic, are you know, all this, all the things that they were. But yeah, really liked it. Nine. All right, nine, nine. All right, well, that's gonna do it for this episode of DQB Does, where we watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where we all gave it nines. Um, maybe that means we should watch the nines at some point. I don't remember what that movie is. <laughs> Me either. It's also super fucked. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <clears throat> as we continue Heavy Sad Boy February. Heavy Sad Boy February. Heavy Sad Boy February. Heavy Sad Boy February. So sad. Uh, we're going to... What are we watching next, Russell? Marriage we're Story. We're watching Marriage Story next. Uh, what is Marriage Story on? Marriage Story is a Netflix original. Oh, it's it on stars Netflix. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Okay, prepare yourselves for that one. Uh, are, you re- are you ready, Shane? No, Same but way. I'll do it. Um, I might watch it not on on a weekday because that was also fun. Like coming home after a ten hour day and then watching it, and I was like, huh. Oh, I'm so emotionally drained. I'm emotionally you, and physically drained. Do you, and then, do and you then I watch it together. No. Oh, uh, all of us together? <laughs> if you want to come over on Tuesday. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I, I immediately watched John Wick afterwards. Um, <laughs> I had to watch people kill each other. Um, Fair. That probably says something about my psychology, but whatever. Anyway, uh, you can find us on all the social medias if you search Drafty Quarters Productions. Uh, please like and follow all of us, all of our shit. We have posts and stuff, little snippets of the show, funny parts. Yeah, um, it's great. Rachel's doing a great job. Yes. Trying to get our reach out there, show new people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be great if you guys helped us with that and like shared that stuff. Or just like word of mouth, just tell people that you listen to us. That'd be awesome too. Yeah. Um, you can also help us out by finding us on Patreon, uh, searching Drafty Quarters Productions and donating in one dollar. Um, this month we are going to be adding some content that will be available on the one dollar tier. That's the only tier we've got. Um, we're gonna have a interesting review of another um, romance movie, sad movie, whatever. Yep. Yeah, comes out on Valentine's Came, Day. Comes out on Valentine's Day tomorrow. It's right? Only on, only on Patreon. Next Tuesday. 
which will be tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday. Oh yeah, it'll be tomorrow. Um, who's in that? Isn't it like weird? Ryan Gosling. No, I meant like the Patreon. Oh, the Patreon yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like Count Dugula and Davula re- uh, reviewing the Notebook. Oh it's yeah, I blocked called that. Love Eternal. I tried to erase that from my memory. Yeah. Um. Yeah, check that out. Um, if you're subscribed to our uh, Patreon. Also, if we get up to a thousand uh, Patreon subscribers, uh, Dave is going to do a uh, boudoir photo shoot, and we'll we'll share those photos. Yeah, I'll do it. I'm serious, deadly serious. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope we get a thousand followers. Not because I want to be in. (laughs) I just want a thousand followers. (laughs) Dave wants a reason to feel sexy. Yeah. I don't need a reason, baby. Oh, (laughs) baby. (laughs) I just, I don't. We're going to have to find a bustier that'll fit you. Um, Like a circus tent. (laughs) Oh, I thought maybe you'd do it like Tarzan. Oh, just shirtless? Yeah, well, like a loincloth. Oh, no. I was imagining like bustier, garter belt. Yeah, I'll go no. all out. Okay. I'll go all out. Like lacy, I mean, man. There's, there's room to do like a lot of things, probably. I'll be in a lake, on a boat, on a car, whatever. In a little like car. On my dirty car. <laughs> on Shane's dirty car. <laughs> in oh, a woods. On the hood, eating a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this has been... DQB does. Have a wonderful time. Bye. Thanks for coming out. Don't get too sad. Yeah, please don't get too sad. If only I could meet someone new. I guess my chances of that happening are somewhat diminished, seeing that I'm incapable of making eye contact with a woman I don't know. This has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.